Clint Gutherson has been traded to the Penrith Panthers for Villami Kikau and Dylan Edwards. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? But here's why this trade would work if sign and trade deals were implemented in the NRL. Welcome to Behind the Point Podcast. I'm your host, Vangeli from VK Analytics. This is your one-stop podcast for sports analytics with an Aussie twist. So welcome to today's show, guys. You're probably thinking, what are sign and trade deals? Why sign and trade deals? And how can they be possibly be used in the NRL? Well, put simply, a sign and trade deal is you sign a player and then you trade him off to another team for assets such as draft picks, players, cash, etc. Now, this concept is used in the NBA. And why do teams use this sort of concept? Well, first off, they get compensation for their assets. And secondly, they're able to leverage themselves more in the free agent market by trading away some of their assets. They're able to open up cap space, giving them better opportunities to sign players in free agency. Now, where does this all stem from? Well, last year, Brian Fletcher, the CEO of the Penrith Panthers, reported that Penrith Panthers should have received some sort of compensation for Matt Burden signing for the Bulldogs in 2022. Now, let's put it into perspective. Why would any team want to sign, or pay any sort of fee to the, the developing club You know, if they're a free agent? It just doesn't make any sort of sense. Matt Burden was a free agent in 2022. He's not bounded by any club, so he's able to pick and choose where he wants to sign, and the team that's signing him isn't going to pay any sort of fee to that developing club. It's just not going to happen. However, if sign-and-trade deals were used in the NRL, Penrith Panthers can gain compensation for that deal. And this would solve the problem. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain to you how it works in the NBA. Then I'm going to use the first example that we stated at the start of the podcast and show you how it's going to work in the NRL. So this year in free agency, Toronto Raptors star Kyle Lowry wanted to seek a $90 million million deal in the free agent market. Now Miami Heat wanted to take him on. However, they couldn't make that deal work. So how did both teams make the deal work in the end? Well, the Toronto Raptors signed Kyle Lowry to a three-year, $30 million a year deal and traded him to the Miami Heat for Precious Ensure and Goran Dragic. Now, that deal worked because both teams weren't in the cap, uh, sorry, weren't over the cap, and it was a player-for-player exchange. Usually, draft picks are associated with these sort of deals. However, in this case, it was just player-to-player exchange. Now, how can we make this work in the NRL? So, as per reports, Clint Gutherson is seeking a $1 million a year deal, and the Eels are reluctant to sign him for that amount of money. Now, if the Eels can't come to a resolution, Clint Gutherson goes for free, and they get nothing in return. So, as you can see, for the Eels, it's a big loss if he ends up walking out for free. Now, alternatively, if other teams want to sign him, well, they have to get rid of three, four, maybe even five players to make that deal of scale work. So how would a sign and trade deal work here between the two teams that we use at the start of the podcast? Well, as for per reports, Villami Kikau is currently on $635,000 a year and his contract ends next year. We're going to assume for this example, he is seeking an $800,000 a year deal, which is $165,000 a year pay rise. Also, Dylan Edwards is on, his salary is not publicly listed, 
but we're going to assume for this example he's on $200,000 a year. Just to make this work, that's the example, that's what we're going to use. So the Eels will sign Clint Gutherson to $1 million a year. He will then get traded to the Penrith Panthers for Villami Kikau and Dylan Edwards, and they will both get traded to the Eels. That deal works. Why does it work? Both um, teams have exchanged an equal amount of salary between each other. So that's why the deal works. Even if one team was over the salary by a couple, 10, 20, or even 30,000 or 80,000, that team that's over the salary can then trade an asset of theirs to another team to make that deal work so they're in within the salary cap. So there's a lot of flexibility for teams to be able to make better movements and better deals in not only the fragile market, but just in the regular player market, they have more opportunities to do so. Penrith Panthers have also gained a, a spare roster spot. And what they can do with that roster spot is they can bleed a junior into that into that roster spot, or they can still enter free agent market and sign another player to fill that roster spot. So in turn, they've not only gotten one player for the price of two, but they've also opened themselves up to be able to sign more players or potentially bring up a junior and give them that first great opportunity, which a lot of the players in the Penrith Panthers junior team are struggling to find is to get that first great opportunity. Now, of course, for this deal to work, you know, Clint Gutherson is, is probably happy he's gotten his desired salary. Vidami Kikau is happy he's gotten his desired salary. We're going to assume both clubs are very happy with the deal to work. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made the deal happen. The only negative party in this transaction is Dylan Edwards. He had to make way for the trade to work. So that would be the only downside to to this sort of being implemented in the NRL. Teams have to bring players into deals in order to make them work. And that gives no players any leverage in these sort of deals. The clubs will gain all the leverage. You see in the NBA that there are a lot of players that are going from team to team to team to make this sort of deals work. And they probably bounce around three, four, five, even six clubs at some times. And sometimes out of all of that, they ended up being released by the club they've been traded to multiple times. So it gives clubs that overall leverage and it doesn't give the players any leverage unless they are a free agent and they're not traded away by that time. Secondly, there are no draft picks in NRL, so teams can't leverage these draft picks to make better deals. It has to be a player for player exchange. In that example we used, it's pretty close to the same sort of salary, so that sort of deal would be appropriate. Whereas if Clint Gutherson was to try and find another club, they may have to trade away three, four, even five assets in order to make that deal work. So in turn, that is how sign and trade deals would be used in NRL, and that's how effective they can be if used and implemented properly. Now, as an NBA fan myself, the offseason is such an exciting time because there's so much movement happening. There's a lot of teams looking to rebuild and can rebuild a lot easier by incorporating these sort of deals to you know, being able to trade away some of their assets, being able to get good draft picks in return, build around a rookie, or even build around just players that are going to be free in the free agent market and be able to build around them. That's the opportunities that they get for the teams that get compensation for their assets and for the fans. They're more excited about their team because they have more opportunities to be able to make better deals happen. If you look at it from an NRL point of view, well, you know, there's going to be a lot more movement happening in the free agent market than there is now. Teams are going to be able to rebuild a lot better and there's not going to be as many restrictions because 
teams will trade players here and there, and you're going to have more opportunities to sign bigger players or better players or be able to rebuild around those players. If Clint Gutherson was to walk out of the Eels for $1 million a year, which club could take him right now? There's not many I can think of at all. If you use the sign and trade deal and teams were able to trade away some of their assets, you could be looking at three, four, even five clubs that could take him on by just trading away one or two assets in order to make that deal work. It's been a great thing to see you know, clubs using loan deals that have been so effectively used in football worldwide that their developing players can get easier first-grade opportunities to prove themselves and then come back to that club and to be able to cement their first-grade position by being at a year at somewhere, somewhere else. That's the positive of the loan deals. Everyone's so excited about them, and it's been a concept used for a number of years in the NRL that it has worked. So I wouldn't see why a sign-and-trade deal concept wouldn't work if used correctly. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast for today, guys. Next week, I'm going to speak about how the NFL can be a blueprint for NRL's growth in success and analytics. If you like any sort of sport data visualizations or graphs, feel free to follow my Instagram at VK Analytics.